Hello, I'm Jenny Leffler. And I'm Gavin Briscoe, and this podcast is not yet rated. from our New York Film Festival um, episode. Uh, we're really happy to be back, I think. Uh, and We, uh, we kind of kept a somewhat non-promise, you know. We may be back, we may not be, but here we are. Right. Uh, I, I think we've decided that, uh, you know, uh, we, we want to keep doing this on a regular basis, um, even though we haven't necessarily put in the time necessary to uh, figure out a proper format. Um, but, um, we didn't even know we'd be doing this episode until about an hour ago. Yeah. Until about an hour or two hours ago, basically, uh, what really put us over the edge is we saw, uh, a screening of Gaspar Noe's, uh, new film. It's in 3d. It's called love. Electra. Hmm? What is your ultimate fantasy? There you can be. You're the love of my life. Can you keep a secret? I messed it all up. I love you! How can something so wonderful bring such great pain? I would love to know we can fall in love again and again and again. I guess uh, just knowing that uh, we just came out of this movie about, uh, you know, two hours ago, uh, give us a give us a little bit of slack here. But uh Jenny, I mean, what are your, what what were your first impressions? Um, I guess as the end credits were rolling, what what as was going the end through your credits were rolling. yeah as what what was going through your mind? I guess. Um, I mean, as the end credits were rolling, I have a hard time processing what I just saw for any movie when the end credits start rolling. But with this one in particular, it was just like. It was probably the most realistic movie, one of the most realistic movies I've ever seen. Um, in, I, in what way? I felt like I was watching someone's memories, um, like just peering into their brain and just watching memories of a relationship they've had. Um, and in some ways, also, my impression just of the whole film in general was, wow, that explicit warning they sent us when we got our tickets, that lives to its promise. It is explicit. 
not in a trashy way either. I think it was, that was done well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess before uh, I get in, I guess I got a little ahead of myself. I think we should probably summarize the film for anybody who maybe hasn't heard about it. Um, so before you get to the end credits, yeah, let's before talk you about get to the happens. end credits, let's get you into the theater first. So basically, Love, uh, as I said before, it's the new film from Gaspar Noé. Uh, you probably know him best from Enter the Void, uh, but he's done other movies, uh, of course, Irreplaceable. Um, or Irreversible. Yeah. Irreversible, yeah. And, um, you know, a few other things. Um, I've been kind of, uh, he's been kind of hit or miss for me, uh, but I always go see his movies or at least watch them um, because I think he's an artist um, with a point of view and a very distinctive style. Um, this was my first experience with him. Yeah, um, and so, and we should probably go into what that was like. Uh, quite and an just, experience. Yeah, in just a second. But basically, Love uh, premiered a can. Uh, it premiered in the midnight section, so it was out of competition. Um, and uh, it uh, it premiered to very, very mixed reviews there. Uh, a lot of people were singing its praises, as they did with Enter the Void. Um, and uh, a lot of people uh, called it basically you know, he, he was, he was basically trying to shock people and he wasn't succeeding, uh, with it. Um, and, uh, the film is finally, uh, the film has been released internationally. It's finally coming around stateside and it's basically, uh, a 3D erotic drama, melodrama, uh, about, uh, this one man and him falling out of love and in love and out of love again with two different women. Mm -hmm. um, does that, do you think that kind of encapsulates the movie? Yeah, and I think it, it's different levels of love with the women, too, yes. which was really interesting. Um, or just kind of the different experiences with love that he goes through over the course of, I don't know, what was it, like two or three years? It's, there was no I don't perception think it was even of two time, or three. Yeah, I, it was I, really hard to tell, but... Uh, right, I, I think you're exactly right. I, I, the, the title Love, I think it could be read, it could certainly be read ironically, but I, mm -hmm. I do think that there is kind of this, um, there's this emotional undercurrent that runs through the film that's actually very, uh, that's actually very honest and very, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, very... I guess very earnest, um, which was surprising to me because uh, I, I wasn't expecting that uh, from Noe. Um, but uh, yeah, there is this kind of earnest uh, streak in the film that uh, the main character, uh, this this main character who kind of speaks, uh, this, uh, this male protagonist kind of speaks in this droll, droning voiceover um, throughout much of the movie. And uh, he's kind of like a blank, a blank slate in many ways. Um, so the film could be, there's definitely a danger there of the film reading as droll and like ironic and detached as opposed to actually being invested in the story and the characters that are on screen. You, you kind of come to understand too why his voice seems so detached at the beginning of the movie. As I, At least I've, I felt that way. Like as the film progressed, I was like, okay, I understand why he's very detached at this point. Um, right. Which it, it it all unfolds. Right. So I, 
and I think what Jenny is alluding to is that most of the film is told in flashbacks. Um, in fact, pretty much all the film is flashbacks. And it isn't a traditional flashback, flashback to the present. Um, it's a, it's like a flash, it's a flashback to the past, and then the past flashback flashes back to something else, or maybe it does a flash forward, but not necessarily to the present. And I guess the best way to describe that is really what Jenny was saying at the top of the show, which is that this is really how memory works, and how mm -hmm. uh, we kind of function when we, uh, when we think about, um, really emotional experiences or experiences that we were really uh, thrown into the midst of. Um, like when we're in love with somebody and we're remembering that after, you know, we've fallen out of love with them or we're no longer with them. There's also, uh, no way uses this technique, which it took me a bit to get used to it, but there's these flashes of black in between all the flashbacks. Yeah. He's doing, he's basically in, in, in a traditional film, you would, the cuts are masked. There's no blank space in between the cuts. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a quick, you cut to something else and then you're immediately at something else. You're either match cutting or you're cutting to a different scene, but it seems seamless, right? And, uh, I guess to give it kind of like, a, um, to kind of describe it for people, it's almost as if he were taking two film strips and instead of taping them end to end, he's leaving like a, a little bit of a gap in between. And so each each scene, each cut doesn't flow into the other. There's there's what Jenny is describing. There's this stopgap, this this moment of darkness in between each time he cuts the camera. Interesting. I just thought two things. You mentioned this moment of darkness. That could be read a few ways then, actually. Not only just like a moment of darkness on the screen, but a moment of darkness in our protagonist's memories, like as he's remembering things. But then also, as you're thinking back on your memories and experiences you've gone through, it's you don't really remember every single thing all the way through. It's right. bits and pieces of like a certain day or of a date you went on. Exactly. And, um, and I think this is one of, uh, the, the really great aspects about this movie. It reminds me in a lot of ways of, uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind hmm. and the way that the Jim Carrey character remembers things. Um, in that movie it's done, it, it's, it, it's visually portrayed slightly differently because, uh, when his memories are fading, they are literally fading away in the background. They are faded out. Um, there's, there's like, uh, you know, things begin to, uh, leave the frame and things like that. In this movie, uh, Noe chooses to do it by, uh, these really sharp, uh, cuts. Sometimes it's, uh, right after a moment of action and it's right back into it. Sometimes it's, um you know, at an entirely different place or time. Um, and I, I just think it was a really ingenious way of, I mean, as we've been saying, of kind of trying to visually represent what it's like to remember things that are sometimes painful. Um, and that might be why, you know, he's, he's momentarily blocking these things out. Um, but also how we choose to remember certain people and certain things. Uh, we prioritize um, 
you know, when we think of the moment that we first met a really important person in our lives, we, we might not necessarily remember the exact moment we met them. We might remember that first great conversation we have. And then the more and more we think about it, you know, we might think about, um, you know, that first great dinner we had or the first time we had sex or whatever. And then much later on through that train of thought, we might go back to that very first time that we met them. And it's all kind of mixed in between. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, um, I, I think that's one of the great aspects of this movie is its construction. Yeah, I mean, it, it did take me a little bit to get used to it. Honestly, in the first five minutes, I was a little concerned that something was going on with the projector. <laughs> right. Uh, but no one else was acting concerned, so I just thought to <laughs> remain quiet and <laughs> just keep watching. It's always so. best to remain quiet um, in a movie theater. Um, yeah, so I guess now would be a good time to address the elephant in the room. Well, there are actually two. Um, but let's address the biggest one. Or three. Or four. <laughs> You're right. This movie has a lot of baggage, but let's address the biggest one, which is the uh, sexual content. Um, mm. It's a movie called Love, and a lot of people might read the title ironically, because um, th there is uh, quite a bit of explicit sexual content. Um, which, uh, you know, by itself is not... Um, particularly uh, interesting, but I think the way Noe weaves it in throughout the narrative and the way that it informs where these characters are at a particular moment in time, um, I, I think it was extremely effective. Yeah, and I mean, there was never a moment where I was like, why are we watching this on the screen right now? Like, there shouldn't be a sex scene right here, or just they're doing this for the sake of doing it, you know, but it always made sense, and for me, it really enhanced the story. And not to say, like, oh, if it, if it weren't there, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, but it, it that's what made it feel so much more real, um, I guess, because it was real, real people having real sex. Yeah, um, this was not a <laughs> nymphomaniac situation where they, where they were, uh, Von Trier in that movie, uh, uh, he used he used porn stars and then digitally placed the uh, the faces of his actors onto the bodies of these porn stars. In uh, Noe's film, it is literally the actors who are doing these acts. And you know, this isn't a novel idea. This has been done before, certainly in movies. Um, but I think it's used particularly well in this film. Um, and I, I, I can't really pinpoint why. I think a lot of it is because the camera is static for most of the film, which is really interesting because this is a 3D movie. And especially coming off of a film like Enter the Void, where the camera is, I know you haven't seen Enter the Void, but, uh, it's, it's an extremely kinetic camera. Um, I mean, it's, it's his Goodfellas. Right. He's he's putting it all out there. He's using all the tools in his toolbox to tell this story. And he's showing off to a certain extent. This film is completely different, uh, where he's literally setting a camera on a tripod and he's letting the action play out. Um, you know, he's not afraid to get in there, you know, uh, but uh, he's not moving the camera around in the shots as much. 
Um, and I, I think that's, I think that might be why the sex scenes worked for me. I have to say it too, just, I mean, there was a Q&A after the film and it, this, this topic was brought up about the static images, but I have to say, I didn't really notice it for a while into the film because it, I guess you don't realize how unnecessary sometimes like zooming in really is. I, I think that's I think that's really interesting because he does use uh, the zoom uh, the the cinematographer uh, Benoit ben, Benoit <laughs> Debbie, um, who's also in the film actually uh, makes a cameo in the film. Uh, which is fascinating, but he's done a lot of great work. Um, also, Enter the Void. Enter the Void uh, and uh, Spring Breakers. Uh, and uh, this is a completely different... To me, this is a complete 180 for him because um, you, you have seen Spring Breakers, so you kind yeah. of understand Shows a little bit scope. of his visual style. But, um, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I was a little, um, I guess I was a little taken aback at the film because you hear so much about this movie coming into it. Like, this is the most, you know... The most not suitable for workplace film. Right. Exactly. Of the year. Of the year. <laughs> this is crazy. This is, you know, this is pretentious, whatever. Um, and when you get into it, I, I was really struck by, oh, this is, this is really just... Uh, a movie. This is really just an art film about relationships at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, going into it, as we were sitting down, there were some college-aged boys sitting next to us, and I overheard them saying, like, oh, yeah, this pornographic film, and yeah, and they are giggling before it, and I was kind of like, okay, like, I didn't quite know too much what to expect, but, I mean, at the end of it, you realize it's not this raunchy film that you might expect from the posters or just from the people sitting around you because it at the end of the day it, it's not about sex yeah sex is in it but it's really about the relationships and um see i think it, i think you're i think you're half right i think it's about the relationships but sex is an integral part of these relationships and i think of all relationships to a certain extent at least romantic ones. Um, so I, I agree. I don't think Noe is saying, you know, sex is what relationships are based on. Um, but I think he's saying, like, sex can fuck you up. Um, and it can, you know, it can complicate things. And, you know, it requires uh, a certain amount of maturity on the part of both participants. Um, or else things are, you know going to get messy. But I think what was most interesting to me is that Noe, in many ways, puts literally he puts himself into the film because he plays a character in the movie, and I don't want to, we don't want to spoil anything, of course, but no. he he is, he puts himself into the movie in a very interesting role. But then also um, this, uh, our, our protagonist, um, he has a son, and that son's name is Gaspar. 
And um, and Noe's first name is Gaspar. If you've forgotten, right? So, exactly. Just yeah, the director's that. first. <laughs> the director's name is Gaspar Noe. The 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 protagonist's son in the movie, this this young child, is called Gaspar. And the character that Noe plays in the film is named Noe. So there's a certain meta level to the movie, which is which is really. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, *Nymphomaniac* in a way. It's it's very self-referential. I think von mm. Trier in that film is not afraid to. I mean, he doesn't directly insert himself into the movie in the way Noé does, but um, he isn't afraid to reference uh, his previous work, say *Antichrist* in uh, yeah. <laughs> you know in yeah. *Nymphomaniac*. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of fun. Um, and I think it lends uh, this certain meta element, especially to the end of uh, the movie. But um, yeah, so uh, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, this main character, uh, it's, I, I took it to be this is Gaspar Noe's stand-in in many ways. Okay. Um, Maybe like him... 15 years ago or something? 15 years ago or, yeah, or somebody like him, or at least the fantasy of what, uh, you know, he wishes he was or whatever. Um, and to a certain extent, I think this is what every heterosexual male uh, wants, which is uh, to be in, you know, uh, to be in an, in, an extremely... Uh, loving and sexual relationship with a woman uh, who isn't afraid to experiment, and maybe one night you uh, you just happen to be in a threesome with two women, and uh, you know uh, you you party hard and you hook up with random chicks in bathrooms and you go to sex clubs and you know I think I think to a certain extent that is every kind of young male adolescence or young twenty something heterosexual male's dream. Um, and so I think it's, but I think no way is smart enough to subvert that and to be like, look at how absurd it is in a way. And look at how infantile, uh, those and base those desires really are. Yeah. And I feel like at times too, there were moments when I was like, Oh, he's so stupid. This, like, he's just yeah, going about... Yeah, because he's supposed and, to be. Well, because he's at a party with his girlfriend, and then he goes in a bathroom and has sex with another girl while his girlfriend is knocking on the door. And you're like, what are you doing? Right. And then he comes out, and he's like, I love you so much. And you're just like, what? But, but then the next scene, it's something very loving. And you're like, oh, he just... He, they love each other so right. much. Like, right. And again, and, and you can get that interesting juxtaposition because it is... All the images and scenes we're seeing are being filtered through his mind in the present, mm -hmm. um, and I, that's that's absolutely what I love about the film. And I think what you're hitting on that that scene in particular is one of my favorites in the movie because it's so excruciating, um, and I've never I don't think I've ever felt that uncomfortable, at least in recent memory, while seeing a movie because you're seeing a character in one scene. You're seeing him loving his girlfriend, being lured away by with another girl, mm -hmm. um, cheating on his girlfriend, coming back to his girlfriend, being confronted with the fact that he was just cheating on her, 
and him completely denying it to her face. And us having seen that, it, it it's just, it's cringeworthy, and it's so awkward. And I think that those moments are really what Noe does best, because he just lets the camera sit there, and we just stew with this character. And we cannot look away from what this character is doing to himself, which is really self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if there's, if there's one theme, you know, that might cover all the characters of this movie, it's that they're, they're self-destructive or that they, or that they lean into dangerous tendencies knowing that they have this, this, this penchant for self-destruction. And that's what I found so fascinating, particularly about that scene. But as the movie as a whole, I just found it a really interesting um, character study. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of it, I don't know. Did you feel like a feeling of, I guess, closure at the end of the film? Or... I... Because it's a bit open... To interpretation, definitely. It's a bit open to interpretation, and obviously we're we're kind of talking in vagaries here because we don't want to give away the ending or, because it's or so fantastic. But like what the the through line of the whole right film exactly. Once once we get through the through line, I think my journey was surprisingly emotional, and I think there were there were parts along the way. Um, there were parts along the way that you know maybe I was a bit confused by um you know maybe I was turned on by a certain scene maybe I was um you know maybe I was uh uh, as we were discussing with that with that scene at the party uh maybe I was cringing uh maybe I was frustrated or angry maybe there was a little bit of recognition but then I think at the end there's this interesting balance of um this this emotional conclusion where I'm kind of able to to kind of rustle the fact that these characters are imperfect and that we've kind of come to the end of this thrill ride in a way. Um, but then there's this part of me still, even as just as we're talking about it, that really hasn't come to terms with the fact that this story is has ended and that there are loose ends mm-hmm. still there. Um, so there is still kind of this desire for me to want those, to want those ends tied up, I guess, in a bow. And the fact that they aren't, I think is, uh, I think speaks to, uh, you know, the quality and, um, the quality of Noah's vision. But, um, yeah, I guess I had mixed feelings, uh, about, uh, about that ending, but I think that it worked for the story it was trying to tell. What did What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it worked. Like a little selfishly, I I I'm always wanting to know, like, well, what what happened then? You know, but I think it worked. I mean, there there is a certain sort. We're only seeing our protagonist's memories, and so to know necessarily what happened, maybe to someone else in the story, uh, you know, our protagonist maybe wouldn't find out himself. So I guess through his eyes, through his mind, we just feel what we feel because that's what he's feeling on screen at the time. And 
I don't know. That that's kind of what I took away from it, and I, we're being so vague right now. We're being but... vague about the ending, but I think, but I think in many ways the movie is less about specific plot points, and it's more about this emotional journey that it takes you on, um, and it kind of does lend itself to these more general discussions. I did want to touch on briefly um, the use of three D in this movie, um, because not only is it an erotic melodrama with explicit sex, but it's filmed in 3D. So what did you think, if anything, the 3D added to the movie? Or did it detract? I I always feel a little mixed about 3D, just because sometimes I'm like, it's so... You don't need it. Like, And at times with this film, I felt that. Um, there were times when uh, the protagonist was filming on his own camera and you know it was a bit grainy and for some reason those scenes kind of almost made me dizzy so that's where I was like this 3d and the graininess like was not working in its favor but um overall I think it really it added to it just because it's this kind of dreamlike memory state and um I don't know, the visuals were just, it kind of had this, I don't know how to describe it, but it had this, like, quality to it, and it enhanced it for me, so. Yeah, I think I think what you're trying to get at is really the, uh, the depth of field here, um, which is, I mean, that's really what 3D should be utilized for, is depth of field, and by that I mean uh, that we're able to perceive layers in what was once just a 2D image. Uh, so we're able to perceive how close or far away things are without having, you know, we can keep everything in focus, uh, and we're still able to perceive how close or away or, you know, or far away things are. Whereas in a normal, just two-dimensional film, um, if everything is in focus, you can't tell if that potted plant in the background is right next to his shoulder or, you know, what. Sometimes you can, depending on the lighting and whatever, but generally it's it's very difficult to tell. And I think um I think in this film, particularly with the sex scenes, I do think that the 3D adds something to the movie. Um, because you're working uh sometimes with extreme close-ups of the human body and kind of you know, without to get too blunt, I mean, you're really seeing this tangle of limbs and arms and bodies, and to be able to differentiate, um, you know, whose whose limbs are whose, but then also um, how close or how far away they are. I mean, those are the nuances of the story that you really need to track, mm -hmm. uh, because the sex scenes themselves are forwarding, are propelling the story forward. They aren't, as we said, just you know, sex scenes onto themselves. So that's the kind of thing that you really need to be tracking in those scenes, and I think that's what the 3D lends itself to. In my opinion, the 3D is almost a waste in the regular, just normal, everyday quotidian scenes, um, what we might call the present day, when he's looking back. Um, to me, the 3D seemed a bit unnecessary, almost, in those scenes. Mm. Um... But I, I, to me, since most of the story is told in flashback, I really did think that the 3D added something really interesting. Um, and of course, you know, it wouldn't be a 3D erotic 
uh, you know, sex film without, uh, you know, some interesting use of bodily fluids and 3D. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to make use of that. You just got to. There's, there's a very interesting part about halfway into the film. Yeah, there's a lot of fluid in this movie. I will say. Yeah, a lot um, of bodily fluid. And actually, at the Q&A, the director said something about, what did he say? He hoped there would be, or, oh no, it was in the film, the character, the protagonist said that he wants to make a movie that features blood, semen, and tears, because he thinks that's what life is made of. Right. And in a way, <laughs> and in a way, it's, you know, and in a way, it's, it's funny, um, because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. It's also kind of pretentious. But then also, it does kind of seem like that is another area where Noe is, inter like, putting himself into the narrative mm -hmm. and saying, this is what I'm trying to do, guys. Um, and, uh, I think it's an interesting balance that he strikes. Um, it, there's, there's a heavy directorial, uh, hand here. You know, uh, and uh, I think the way he balances that, uh, or the way sometimes that might become unbalanced, is really interesting um, to to see. Um, I don't think the film is entirely successful, but I think um, I think that tension there is really interesting. So I guess before we go, I just wanted to go over what our favorite scenes were, and then uh, maybe uh, who should go out to see this movie. Uh, if anybody. So, Jenny, what was your favorite scene? Um, let's see. I think my favorite scene was probably, uh, where our protagonist meets, I guess, I don't know, how do you, how do you want to describe her? The, the female that he's kind of reminiscing about, um, where they first meet. That's probably my favorite scene, and it's more of a sequence, because they meet... Well, they're, it's many sequences. Yeah, it's many sequences. And they, they meet at this party, and they're walking, and and then eventually there's a sex scene that kind of concludes that sequence. But, um, I don't know, it just it felt so real and sweet. And, again, I just felt like I was peering in on someone's intimate memories. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that all the dialogue was improvised. No way has said that he was working from, you know, uh, a five to seven page screenplay. Um, that he wrote, like, that he on the wrote. fly. Well, he didn't write that on the fly, but he was he was coming up with uh, the ideas of where to put the camera and who these characters were on the fly, certainly. Um, and so I do think that that, um, that improvisatory style, I think it really does lend itself to that immediacy. With those characters um quickly i think my favorite scene um it uh i mentioned it a little bit earlier on but uh it's a scene that takes place in this this couple sex club uh it's basically a swingers club um that is suggested to uh the main character and to his girlfriend uh that they go and explore so that way he learns how to how to basically become more french about it is how the movie um 
uh, as, is how the movie kind of describes. Uh, and as it. his friend said, you know, you can learn to better control your urges by going here. Right, his violent urges, we should say, because he becomes he becomes he possessive. The, he, he he's very possessive. The main character is supposed to be an American who's living in France. An American in Paris. An American in Paris. <laughs> right, exactly. And this is, uh, you know, he's very possessive of his girlfriend, and you know, kind of the worst. The worst human qualities of what happens when we're in a relationship with someone we really care about. But, you know, he's, he's, it suggested to him that he try out and explore sexually with his girlfriend at the sex club. And I just thought that entire sequence was so brilliant because it really, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know where it was going. Uh, I, I could not tell you at the beginning of that sequence how it was going to end, which is how I feel like. That's how I felt about the whole film. That's how I frankly, felt about but... the whole film, quite frankly. But I think in a lot of, in a lesser movie, in lesser movies where there are the sex club scenes where the protagonist goes into a sex club scene and you kind of know where it's going, um, in this movie I didn't, and uh, I don't know. I just found it. I guess it just really hit me where I lived. I think it, it was surprisingly emotional. Really? Uh, and obviously, the, yeah. And obviously there's a lot of graphic content, but I just felt like with the camera tracking our character through, through this, this, uh, this complex, this maze of different people, um, orgies really. Um, and his emotional journey, I don't know if that makes me pretentious that that was the scene that stuck out to me most, but I don't know. It was it was surprisingly emotional um, hmm. because as 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 I was trying to get at before, I'm not really sure if I conveyed it correctly, but there are stories in each of the sex scenes, and the 3D really does lend itself to to telling those stories with this depth of field and tracking uh, whose arm is that, whose body is that, who's with who right now. And um, just tracking uh, that that physical connection between people uh, and Noah's ability to tell stories visually with no dialogue in those moments is just really impressive. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess I'm coming off, I think both of us are kind of coming off as really effusive about this movie and maybe it's just because we came out about it, it just came out of it but i guess jenny what what are your final thoughts and would you recommend this movie to a friend or who would you recommend this movie to if anyone i uh i really don't know like who i would recommend it to definitely don't like go to work tomorrow and recommend it to all your co-workers because you might you might there get might pegged as like the crazy a, guy. A sexual harassment yeah. suit in your future. But, um, I don't know. Don't, don't go with, like, your mom and dad. Don't go with, uh, you know, your grandma. I think it's, I think it's something that it very well could be a nice solo experience for someone as well. Um, I mean, we saw it together, and I, I don't really know how that affected my experience, if at all, but, um... Yeah, I guess rec recommend it to your significant other if you have one, or, you know. But you thought <laughs> if it was of 
a good enough quality to recommend it to people. Like, what what were your thoughts on the movie as a whole, I guess? Yeah, I guess as a whole, like, I would recommend it. Of course, you know, there's that caveat of, by the way, there it's a bit sexual. Well, if it's not, not a bit. If it's... you're not cozy with that, like, yeah. you probably wouldn't want to watch it. If you don't like watching porn, I'm sorry, but this movie's not for you. Well, or if you kind of squirm in your seat while watching a sex scene on TV, then maybe don't go see this. Well, because... definitely don't go see this, yeah. But if you have, like, a moral objection to, you know, pornography, I would not see this movie. Not because this movie is pornography, but because a lot of the sequences might be reminiscent of something you might see in a pornographic film. Amateur pornographic film, maybe. An amateur pornographic <laughs> film, but an amateur pornographic film with a $2.5 million budget shot in 3D. Um, so with high production value, I guess. Who I, would you recommend this to? Well, I mean, I guess just my parting thoughts on the film before I recommend it, I, it's really... I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's a fascinating movie on several levels. I think if you... I think it's a great date movie actually. And I really, mm. I really do believe that. Obviously not maybe a first date movie. Um, <laughs> but you know, maybe after five or six dates, I think it's, I think it's a great date movie. I think it's a great movie to see with a significant other. Um, because it really does, uh, because it really does kind of push you to think about your own relationship in many ways. Um, and uh, I think it leaves you, I think it leaves you questioning a lot of things, not just about uh, relationships, but how we view sex in kind of Western culture, specifically in American culture. Um, how do we view relationships? How do we view monogamy, polygamy, uh, things of that nature? Uh, and I think uh, the movie is kind of, you know, it's kind of a mirror, you know, whatever, uh, whatever, you know, you're reflecting onto the movie, it kind of reflects back onto you uh, in a way. I think you, you kind of pull out from it to like what you want to, because you were mentioning some things earlier and I was kind of like, oh, I didn't see it that way. And I think you kind of, you know, you see what you see in your own relationships, your past relationships, and you see this film, and you see what the character's going through, and you're you're kind of choosing to see what you want out of his situations, which is I don't think it's an active. I don't think it's an act of choosing, though. I think it's just because everybody brings a different experience. As with all films, we just bring our own life experience, and because those life experiences are different, you know, different scenes or characters might impact us differently. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that, again, I think I would, I would recommend this as a date movie. Obviously, be prepared for a two and a half hour art film with a lot of explicit sex scenes. But I mean, go ahead, go see this movie. Um, and as the, the director at the Q&A said, um, he, he said his goal was to give all the guys a boner and make the girls cry. Well, that was his producer's goal. That was his producer's goal. But I thought that was just kind of a cute objective. A cute <laughs> objective. Know? I will say, I think this is a funny story just to kind of wrap up, but he was, uh, Noe was kind of telling us in the Q&A exactly how this film came about. And basically, 
Enter the Void when it hit a can. Everybody was talking about this movie, this crazy movie. And, you know, obviously once it got out into a wider release, people were talking about it more and more. But his producer trying to capitalize on this and to try to get a next film in the can, he basically said, without consulting No Way at all, he said, Gaspar's next film is going to be in 3D. It's going to be a sex film. And it's going to give all the men boners and make all the women cry. And uh, so Noe wrote to that and he made this movie. And uh, and that he did. And that he did. And I think we both, I mean, at least from my opinion, I think he was largely successful. All the guys got boners. I mean, <laughs> All the guys got boners. Some of the girls probably got boners too. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, okay, so I don't know. Is that by... I don't know. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to remember to mark this with the explicit tag. Um, we're back. That's how we know we're back. We finally can mark the episodes we as explicit again. We have again. to rate our... We have to like... Put a rating on our episode, which yeah, is Yeah, we sad. have to put a rating on our... That isn't sad. This We're talking about... But the podcast is not yet rated, yet it's rated. I know. But well, that's okay. true. It's okay. That's it's, true. It's iTunes rules. Otherwise, you know what? Everywhere else, we're unrated. <laughs> right. Everywhere else. You know what? It's, I, I used to buy parental advisory CDs when I was younger, and what a badass! I was right I was such a badass motherfucker. If if we're getting the explicit lighting, <laughs> let's just well go, go out. Just let's just go out with a bang, a fucking bang. Um. Okay. So, Jenny, you'd recommend? I would recommend. Thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, I would also recommend. Check out this movie. It's currently playing in New York. It's going to be playing at the Angelica and the Village East Cinema. Uh, I would assume uh, if it isn't already going to play this Friday in LA, it's going to play next Friday. Uh, and it's going to expand uh, that way. It's just going to yeah, expand nationwide. Over the next month or so, watch out for it. Watch out for it. And definitely do try to see this movie in theaters. Um, because that's probably the only way you're going to be able to see this movie in 3D. Yeah. So if you want the 3D experience, go for that. Or if, you know... And you do want the 3D experience. This is a movie worth seeing in 3D. Or if you want to be a creepy little pervy guy or girl... You can watch it at home when it's on VOD. <laughs> no, but the VOD experience... I mean, to me, honestly, I do think... That was think, a joke. I know it's a joke, but I, I honestly do believe that, like, yeah, a lot of 3D movies are not worth seeing. This is a 3D movie worth seeing. Um, and it's worth seeing with uh, your girlfriend or boyfriend. So, yeah. Okay. So have fun. So have fun. So we don't know what our next episode is going to be about. Uh, and we d we didn't know last time though either. And, and we didn't here know we last are. time. So you know what? Um, how about you know we just uh, we just if we see a good movie between now and the next episode, <laughs> we're just gonna focus on that, and maybe we'll talk about a few others just quickly. But maybe we should just focus on one movie at, at a time for now. Maybe that maybe maybe you guys can give us some feedback on how we did, uh, and you can do that by emailing us at thispodcastisnotyetrated at gmail.com, or you can go to our brand new website, uh, thispodcastisnotyetrated.com. It's not brand new. It hasn't been redesigned yet. But we got <laughs> but a brand new domain, a domain name. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We, we sprung for the $5 domain name. Um, big investment, you guys. Big investment. So, um, 
yeah, so go there to contact us. And obviously, you can tweet at us. Jenny, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is at Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y-L-O-E. And my Twitter is at rocker at heart, all one word. Uh, and or you can tweet us at our podcast account, which has been very inactive lately, but that's going to change. It's at still not rated. And you can also check out our Facebook page uh, at uh, facebook.com slash this podcast is not yet rated. Uh, and do let us know what you thought about this review, what you thought, uh, you know, what you think about what we might do going forward. If you have any movies uh, in limited release uh, or films in wide release that you uh, that are coming down the pike that you really want us to talk about, please do shoot us an email or connect with us on social media. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, I think that's about it for this one. Yeah, that's it. So, with that, I'm Jenny Leffler. And I'm Gavin Briscoe. And this has been This Podcast Is Not Yet Rated. Adieu, auf Wiedersehen, Gesundheit, Farewell. <laughs>